Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast with Jason and John. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us. So, John, we made it through the dark weekend, we'll say. Yeah, absolutely. The debacle in the desert. Yeah. I think we've got a lot of namesakes for this one. Unfortunately, none of them are very good. Are uh, they? Unfortunately not. So, UNO skated against Arizona State out in Tempe. Yes. In what could be affectionately referred to as the Cozy Arena. Uh, yeah, definitely the Cozy Arena. Uh, sadly, we come, we come home getting whooped up pretty good. 6-3 loss on Friday, 7-2 loss on Saturday. You're absolutely right. And now that we're talking about this, I just forgot. We got it. We didn't do our what are we drinking session. Well, no, All this right. actually segues into it because yeah. I, this week, because we were in Arizona for the weekend and it was our first trip as a hockey team to Arizona, I got one of the Arizona brand uh, soft drinks. I got Arizona watermelon fruit juice cocktail, vitamin C fortified for today's episode. So I, uh, like I said, I'm not an alcohol drinker, but I... Uh, I but do. I make up for that. Exactly. I, I normally drink water, but for the these special podcasts that we're doing, uh, I you know I, I add a little sugar to the to the mix for that. So yes, bring in some good stuff. Uh, I'm just I went pretty basic. I went uh, some nice uh, vodka and uh, seltzer water. I don't know how much vodka is in here. There's probably a lot because I didn't measure. <laughs> And I need a lot to get through talking about that weekend. You know, some fans were imploring you to get, you know, Johnny Walker because uh, we heard Johnny Walker's name a lot this weekend. We did hear his name. Uh, sadly, um, he doesn't play for us, so that wasn't good for us. No, you're, yeah, you're absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, this is more of a, I'm probably tired of hearing that. And, and maybe some of the UNO fans out there are tired of hearing that name right now. So we'll just, uh. We'll just uh, move on past that, so yeah. I'll tell you what, before Arizona State comes out here to play us at Baxter, so the podcast before that, I'll break out the Johnny Walker, and we'll see if we can drink him under the table before he actually plays. That sounds like a good idea, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, fear not, Mavpuck cast fans, we have a plan to tame the Sun Devils. Yeah, yeah, we, we're going to do as much of the you know kind of mojo fixing as we can before that series so that we don't see what we saw this weekend again so pair losses neither of them really close at all uh i i don't feel we were we were in either game at, at really at any point no it was just and i think you'll agree and everybody else will it was just bizarre there's just something like oddly you know, just peculiar. Go, I mean, you know, you believe me. On Saturday, there were just a lot of theories from you know the team diet to the team training. You know, to the fact that we lost kind of that core group of the last kind of core group of players from the right. Frozen Four last season. I mean, I don't know if any of those things are really the answer, or if it's. If it's just one of those, I'm part of me is wondering if it's just one of those like funky mental things that is kind of messing with their heads. I don't know. Yeah, you know, sometimes these teams kind of get into a funk and it's really hard to get out of it. Right. And 
I think that you're still in a position where I feel at least that Gabnet last year had the benefit and advantage that you had those kids that had been through the Frozen mm. Four run. Uh, they had plenty of experience in NCHC play, and he can kind of lean on them and rely on them to be consistent and productive. And now you have a group that are trying to learn his system and his methods and his expectations. And you couple that with having to perform in the game. And you're just seeing them kind of still look for how, where's that balance? How does all sure. that work out? Yeah. That said, it's just, it's been oddly, I mean, I mean, I can't put my finger. I just, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a case of skill or talent. Right. At this point, the question is, is it a case of, you know, will, is it like, like we were talking about, is this just sort of a, one of those like head thing? Like it's, is this a situation where if they get a win, a regular season win here, it, it'll tip the scales the other direction. You know what I'm saying? And that's happened. You, there's right. a number of teams that have struggled early, found their legs kind of, you know, partway through, maybe a quarter of the way through or something, and have, have made decent runs. I can't think of anyone that's had a Frozen Four appearance after a start like this, so... No, this is, and this certainly going into the season, looking at these first uh, six games, this was not what I would have thought. I mean, I would have looked at this and I would have thought, you know, even if it wasn't perfect, it could be, you know, two, three, and one, three, and three, that type of thing. To go 0 oh, and six in these first, especially after that first game against Union, it wasn't like the prettiest game in the world, but it looked kind of like business as usual for UNO from the last few years. They, right. You're like, they're, they're going to get in shootouts with teams. They're going to score. It's going to be back and forth, but they'll be in it. But last weekend and this weekend, it just looked like they were, you know, completely. It's They're almost a different team than we saw at Union. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. And that's. It's weird to me to see that this early in the season for that to kind of happen. And I don't know if that's just them trying to find a routine or if they're having some issues. I don't know. exactly. It's it's interesting because uh, in Mike Gabinette in his press conference on Tuesday, and I, I showed this quote to you and a lot mm-hmm. of Tony Boone talked about it in his article and we had it in our uh, notes on the, the uh, press conference this week. Right. You know, Mike Gabinette was almost saying that he I mean, he basically said, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically said, this team can't compete against the best teams in college hockey unless they overachieve. Right. And he kind of compared a Notre Dame to like an Alabama football type of situation where they are the, you know, the best of the best. And so we're, and so it was just, it was an odd comment because it was almost like he knew something. And I appreciate when a coach is candid and just doesn't give us a bunch of coach speak, but it was weird because it was almost like he knew that or he's like mentally preparing us for the fact that maybe this team isn't going to do that well. And it's such a weird thing to hear in October as opposed to, say, December. Right. Yeah. So early in the, the season to say, pack it in, boys. We've got 
no shot basically is how I read that. I'm like, I did too. Yeah. It was, it was weird. And it's like, I don't know what kind of vibe that sends to the team or if he's just, I thought maybe, maybe he's like lowballing expectations. So then when they do do better than they've been doing, that will be right. like, you know, there's signs of progress. I don't. And from a coaching standpoint, I think I worry about if he, if he really truly thinks that, like how is he coaching the team? Because now I worry about, is he really preparing them to to be in a position to win? Or is he just preparing them to save face and try not, you know. Try not try not to lose big, you know, right. that type of thing. Yeah. Try not to lose 7-2, to two, you know. Right. But but then, see, and to me that was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, well, the Arizona State's going to, this is, this is telling serious because this is a team that, we should beat. We we should be better than them. Looking at the roster right. that we have, there's yeah. no reason we shouldn't be competitive with this. And I understand that they've improved over the, as the years have progressed since they've been become a Division One program. Right. But they, you're absolutely right. This is a team that we should be able to beat. Because, like you said, starting the season, I had a splitting at Union. I had a splitting at Notre with Notre Dame here. Right. And then two wins against Arizona State. Right. And so you're, you're thinking three, four wins conservatively. I, I, I'm thinking, yeah, we're, I am too. Yeah. And when we tied, I thought at union, I thought, you know, that's fine. We, it, it could we have been a win. out of here with three points. Absolutely. It could have been a win. win yeah. Tie, that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, and so I was really encouraged by that, but then it was like, uh, yeah, no, I know. And the Notre Dame series, I think just, I don't know if it got in their heads going into Arizona state, like we can't do this. And then, to hear Gavinet say kind of... That's the question. Know. Was it a really bad hangover from the Notre Dame series? And right. I don't... I don't know, because a lot of people were talking, like you and I talked about, about was that Notre Dame series the best team that we're going to see in Baxter Arena this year? Right. Well, you know, after this weekend against Arizona State and after, you know, Duluth goes in and sweeps Notre Dame, then you're like, we may see a lot of other good teams in Baxter Arena this year, you know, the yeah. way that things are going. So... Well, in sync. Uh, or Colorado College is playing really, really well. North Dakota seemed to play better this weekend than they yep, played all absolutely. season. Absolutely, St. Cloud is playing really well. Yep, and of course you always see North Dakota and Denver. So, yep, there's a there's talented teams coming in, and and I just it, because worry. when he made that comment about you know we're we're just we're not capable of competing against the top teams, then right. you're like. But that's all we play week in, week out in the NCHC, especially in the second half of the season. We're not going to get many, you know, Arizona States or Alaska Anchorages, those kind of teams on a on a a typical basis every year. So, yeah, I saw a report from uh, Boston. One of their one of their players had said in the press conference when they asked him about, you know, Boston underperforming to start the season and, and whatnot. And. The player said, "Well, yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. We need to make things work, but at least we're not playing the NCHC." Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> so clearly, the players in other conferences know that hey, we can have you know we can we can overcome a bad start or something unless you're in the NCHC. Absolutely like, right. Yeah, 
I mean, you look at how St. Cloud dismantled Boston College this yeah. week. I mean, yeah, it's so that's that's where I mean, my concern is that there's just like this kind of odd sort of melancholy mindset that's going on. And like I said, maybe a win, maybe a win this weekend against Miami kind of, you know, shakes out the yeah. whatever's going on. And then suddenly they're ready once they get that kind of monkey off their back. But the problem is the longer this goes on and you know how this is in sports, you know, it could so I think the question is to look at the game then and say, are there things that we saw in the game that need to get fixed? Like, I I will always look at a game and say that, you know, you needed to do this thing better. Sure. Against Notre Dame, we needed to pass the puck better. I mean, we... I don't think we could find a tape-to-tape pass to save our lives that weekend, that whole weekend. No, passing and puck control were a big deal. I think we spent a lot of time in the box this weekend. Uh, Yeah, that's an understatement. Oh, absolutely. We're like the... Double-digit uh, penalties. Exactly. <laughs> we're like the Oakland Raiders of uh, yeah. college hockey right now. I mean, we're... Well, and then you're not... Well, we were... See, Arizona went two for seven... On Friday night, and they were four for. Oh yeah, our, they were four for nine. On, yeah, the penalty kill was. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, the penalty kill was not. It's just yeah, and that's the thing. It's, and that's that's why I'm saying I I don't necessarily know that this is. It's almost like there's just it's like the will is not there to. To get through it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just yeah. frustration or. The penalties, I would say, I think... That's that's a big deal. Yeah. Regardless. And I I saw stuff on Twitter and Facebook and that of a lot of people going after the refs saying, oh, those, these refs suck. And, and that usual kind of banter. I'm... I don't usually... I, I yeah. will say that every once in a while. And it's usually a pretty good sign that they're really that bad because I am not one to jump on a ref. I'm not one. I'm not one either. I, I that's that's a game that fans like to play a lot. I unless it's just something that really stands out to me, I tend to not. Yeah, I mean, they'll just about everyone's going to make bad calls, and, right. and even in there, I'd say okay, there were there were a number on both sides that were bad calls right. that were made or bad calls that were missed. For the most part, though, I'd say UNO's problem were those are undisciplined, unnecessary. Right. And again, I, I don't know if that's frustrate if it's just frustration, irritation. I think uh, Jones later on Saturday, the, the, like the second half of, of Saturday, the few penalties that I saw him take, I thought were just, he, I'm guessing he was just upset. Right. He was sick of this. This was not yeah. what he signed up for. And someone's getting hit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And, and you see that happen um, in hockey all the time, but it is it's it's that. And again, I you know that's the thing. It's it's almost like at this point, it's like they just need a win so that they can get that over with. And then maybe once they've gotten that over with, maybe they'll be. It's it could be one of those just like funky little things where if you just get the win, then you're fine. And you and I are not sitting on this podcast talking about it. <laughs> and there's other you know I. I've never been a fan of saying like a team is one player, especially in hockey, because I think that right. unlike other sports where you can have a single player, you know, make enough of a difference that it takes sure. them from yeah. your mediocrity to and like you can definitely see that like in basketball or football, right. you know. Uh I I've never looked at a hockey team and said 
that guy's the linchpin. Right. There's no way around it if he plays their golden. If he doesn't, Correct. Then they're screwed. But I look at UNO saying, you know what? While he isn't the solution to the problem, right? Having Tyler exactly back, having yes, I I mean when we saw him at in the in the exhibition, the I'm thinking he can he provide enough spark. He changes the so dynamic much. for the team in the offensive zone. There's no question about it. The question is when is he coming back? Because we don't know for sure. And what I hear is long term, to the point of. My guess is if we don't see him, I think just from a, a, a sheer management standpoint, if we don't see him by Christmas, uh, by the break, you, you definitely would just redshirt him this year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if if it hasn't, and even if it, I mean, even if he comes back for a couple games and isn't a hundred percent, or you know he, he gets injured or injures that injury again or something like that, uh, and he doesn't play the four games before. Uh, you just, why risk it? Yeah, the like, last thing you want is a guy of that caliber with just chronic injury problems. Especially when at that point in time, you know, he can be a student athlete, he can be around the team, right. he can get all the development stuff that he needs there. And he can focus on training routines, on building up size. Because the Correct. big knock on Tyler... Is that from, he's small. From the get-go yeah. has been a size type of thing. And Absolutely. Not like a... You know, he's got to grow six inches to be. No, not like a height, just a just a uh, physique. He, yeah, and I think part of it, probably why he got hurt, is that he's just he hasn't put on the muscle and stuff that you no. see a lot of times on some of these uh, college hockey players coming in and stuff. So, so yeah, I think he would make a difference if if he is ready to play to come back. I right. would not rush him. I mean, if this season's looking like a down season, anyways, there's no reason to bring him back and put him through it. Right. Although, on the other hand, <laughs> I mean, you figure we're, you know, just odds are we're going to get a win here at some point fairly soon. Although, <laughs> as the, that look on in your eyes, I just know. like, I say uh, that now, I, uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying that because I, I don't know. This is just one of those weird things. I mean, I've, I, you know, I remember the seasons many years ago when they, you know, when they won eight games in a season and when they started off two and 18, 20 years ago in the 98, 99 season. But you would think that at this stage of the game, looking at how we've been the last decade, that we would kind of be beyond that as a program. Cause it seemed like we were beyond that as a program during kind of the Dean blaze years, we kind of became like a solid sort of 17, 18 win season, give or take like a, yeah, around a, a 500 team. 500, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I mean, I I mean, you look at Miami, they've struggled the last few seasons in the NCHC. You know, you look at Western, they're a good team, but they've been a team that we've had success in in the past. And then we get Arizona State again in here. So that's the question. I mean, I, you know, I, I'd like to think that we would get some wins against these guys, but now... You start to worry after, like, yeah. If and we I, lost, four, I hate to three, think that. Well, yeah. If we lost, you know, five two or something with an empty net goal, like those are the types of scores I start saying, okay, well, you know, it just wasn't our night. We were a little bit off, right? But six three seven two is not. We were a little off. Six three seven two is something's wrong and needs to get fixed. Yeah, it is because, and and that's what a number of fans were saying, and a number of fans who are very, you know, astute and kind mm-hmm. of calm, cool, and collected fans are saying there's something very specific here that's going on that 
none of us really know what's going on, but it it doesn't look attractive right now. And usually those are things that can't get fixed inside of one season. I know, because we've been through seasons like this at UNO before, and a lot of times there's a lot of, you know, personal kind of psychological, mental issues, chemistry issues, those kinds of things. And you do wonder, I know it's just October, so it's just at the beginning, so things could turn around drastically in the next couple of months, but it does make you wonder if something like that's going on. Right. So I've had about enough talking about that melee. How yeah. About you? <laughs> yeah, I know it wasn't, uh, I, you know, I'd had, <laughs> I'd had about enough during. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got here. We're like, <sighs> yeah, I know. Just, we won so much not more. The, not the circumstances we want to talk about on the no. podcast for sure. So hopefully we'll have uh, cheerier things to talk about in the next, uh, next month. But we also can't be fake news, so we've got to, you know, tell it like it is. We lost. We've got to be authentic and genuine. That's what we aim for here. Yep. So I think we should talk about something fun that happened in the game. Okay. So let's go with the tennis match between the goalies. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've watched a lot of college hockey. have never, never seen that You know, honestly, in the 21 years I've been following this team, I haven't seen that before either. So that was a lot of fun. So for those of you who maybe weren't able to watch or something, uh, the referees had a nice little powwow, and I can't remember were they re- they were they reviewing something for some reason. I can't recall. I, I think they, they were. I think they were. Yeah. Uh, and I just I got lost in this thing, so I wasn't paying attention to what the heck the refs were doing. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> Evan and the Arizona State goaltender decided that we're bored, and so. Yeah. From end to end, literally like goal line to goal line, they were passing the puck back and forth. Yeah, having a little fun, uh, staying warm out there, having having fun for the fans and uh, just uh, trying to keep it light. So yeah, absolutely. What we'll do is uh, when Bridget does her uh, uh, wrap-up right up this weekend, we'll put the video in there for you. So, oh, yeah. So yeah, stay tuned on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, on our site, mavpuck.com. And yeah, we'll, and hit up that link we'll, so that you can watch the, yeah, watch we'll, the video if you We'll missed. have that for you because that was, that was probably the, the most was, enjoyable moment of the weekend, honestly. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, interesting, interesting barn there, too. The, the arena, right? Yeah. I think... I if, for all of the UNO fans out there, if you don't appreciate with what we have at Baxter now that you've seen Arizona State play, yeah, you know, and I think some people don't realize how, and this was more noticeable in the CCHA days when you were dealing with teams that had these older barns that had been built like in the 1970s. I remember uh, Ferris State has a little one like that that just it feels like one of those tranquility. But not that little. <laughs> no, it's it's not even that little. It has it has more seats but and chair. Yeah. Union's small, but it ain't. I that know little. the the Ferris one though is funny because I remember uh, uh, Brandon Ciro's dad Rick uh, came to all or most of his games during the four years Brandon was here, and I remember Bridget and I were up there for a road series, and I remember Rick comes up and he's like. Yeah, back when I was recruited in the 1970s, this place was state-of-the-art. So it shows you how uh, uh, modern sports facilities have changed. But it is an eye, and I, that's the one thing. We don't get to see a lot of coverage of, of the various college, you know, schools around the country. And I think people don't appreciate how good we have it here and how spoiled we've been. Going back to the civic days, how beautiful the facilities have been overall right. for UNO. And I think... That's almost a conference-wide thing, too. I yeah. Mean, for the most part, the arenas that NCHC teams... They're very attractive. Are very, 
which helps with recruiting a lot. Yep. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember that they, they talked a lot, the students. So for those that don't know, the broadcast was live on yeah. uh, Pac-12 website and ASU's website. And it's a, it's a student-run broadcast. The students are in charge of the announcing they run all of the tech there yeah top pretty much top to bottom it's it's student-led uh and it was interesting to hear them talk about their own facility yeah uh, they talked a lot about two years when they're in a i, I remember when i was like yeah in two years when we're in a real rink i'm like what are you playing on now <laughs> are those those like fake tile things i hear about because there's a problem uh no i mean it's just it's the the it's almost like taking, you know, Tranquility or Moto or something like that for those. Yeah, it, it, it feels it feels like Moto to me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, it's got a really low ceiling. Yep. Uh, I looked it up. So it is the lowest ceiling from the ice surface to the highest point in the ceiling. It is the lowest in the NCAA. And it's lower than the next lowest by 30 feet. It'd be fascinating to... Hey, you know, it makes you wonder how many rinks are actually in the, you know, greater Phoenix area down. I mean, because... Apparently one more because they were advertising with Oh, were they really? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we kept looking and going, that one looks new. I think that's better than the one they're playing in. Why don't they yeah, play it's, over there? Yeah, uh, it's fascinating. And I, that's what I said. I, I do believe that, you know, once that program gets a... I mean, as good as they were this weekend, once they get, you know, an arena of their own... That's going to be a really, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a fantastic program. Oh, yeah, because they're already, clearly they're recruiting. Oh, well. yeah. They have two, I think they said that they had two uh, NHL draft picks. Yeah, they have. Uh, a, they've got two that are eligible. Uh, yeah, we've, I believe Mario Lemieux's son, Austin, plays for, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a draft pick or not, but. He is. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I wondered about that. But uh, our, our, as we already mentioned, Johnny Walker there. Yeah. He's draft eligible. So okay. He could be drafted. Yeah, their goaltender play. I mean, again, they looked good, but the they question is, well. did yeah. we make them look good um, or not? You know, it's it's just one of those kind of things we'll have to figure out yeah. the next month how it goes. But but yeah, those the facility uh, issue is one of those things that a lot of people here don't get to see other facilities. And, and when we do, it's the WCHA, or not the WCHA, NCHC facilities. And those right. schools, going back to the WCHA, um, the ones that were members of that, really all had very, very nice facilities. So, so what about NOM? No, yeah, good. yeah. Well, the uh, the uh, I think we actually played better as non than as UNO. The student run graphics team. Oh, we were doing well when we were non. Yeah, <laughs> the students run graphics team, and you know had you know Arizona State as ASU, and they had us as NOM, I guess for Nebraska Omaha, mm-hmm. as opposed to UNO. Or that's the one danger of rebranding yourself as Omaha. Uh-huh. You know, from from what we've been going for is that we've got you know weirdness like that so yeah we had a lot of fun with little nom 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 graphics (laughs) and uh gifs on uh twitter during the series and yeah we were doing i think we were weren't we tied when it was yeah we were (laughs) we were i think it was up there for longer than i expected it was up there for a while and then we started teasing them about it and then they switched it to uno yeah figured it out but they did for a while they were calling us in addition to nebraska omaha 
they were calling us Omaha, Nebraska for a while, so that... But, unlike, uh, unlike other broadcasters in other rinks that we've played at this season, they could pronounce Evan's name properly, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, they got Evan. They were, they were like, down with Evan, I know. It wasn't Winninger again. I'm like, it wasn't Winninger. And it wasn't Winger or something like that. It was, yeah, they, they had that down. And I got to tell you, they actually did their homework. They had lots of fun little tidbits and stats that they threw out during the game. Some of them may have been accurate, inaccurate about our program, but. Uh, no, but they did know that, you know, they did know Tyler was hurt. Yep. They did know that he was drafted. Yep. And they had talked about him a little bit. They did know that Olsen's Chicago draft pick. And so, I mean, they knew yeah. that they knew some background stuff that they did their research. It's good for they them. For, they did. Yeah, program. they got a good journalism program. As a journalism major, I appreciate having a good journalism program down there. So, I yeah, I'm totally down with that. So, I hope we hope to go because Bridget and I have been to Scotts, Scottsdale before um, and in the Phoenix area. And we love it down there. So we had wanted to go this time, but we didn't. So hopefully when they get that new arena built, we can go see them. Because I've heard UNO is going to be playing these guys for the next few seasons or foreseeable. Yeah, we signed an agreement with them. So I think we get, it's two and then four. Okay. So I think it's this year we play four and next year we play two. Okay. Is what I understood. Okay. So, and then we play four after that. So the year that they open up the, if that's the case, if I, if. What I heard was is correct. Yeah, and if it actually it's opens when they say, yeah, which it should. I mean, they got two years to finish that. That shouldn't be a problem for them uh, with what they're trying to build. So yeah, so we would be guaranteed two games down there. Yeah, in that nineteen or the twenty twenty one series. Absolutely. So, I just hope it's in December so that I can like take my golf clubs. And... I do because I know the the weather was kind of similar down there as it was to here. And I told Bridget, I'm like, I want to go in December or January when it's cold and when there's snow. And so, yeah, we'll have to go. I haven't, I haven't golfed in years, but we'll have to go. Uh, we'll have to go check that out. We'll, uh, when we're, uh, yeah, we'll take the podcast on the road. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, br- uh, get you a broadcast from down in the. Uh... Hey, there's a. Do you know? Has anyone recorded a podcast from an airplane? We could like record I don't... our podcast <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> it's our next milestone. Yeah, we'll make the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, post it in <laughs> as many different spots. Around the world of college hockey as we can, you know, by air, sea, and land. So, yeah. We'll take a, a ferry across Lake Michigan <laughs> or something. <laughs> Record the podcast on the ferry. Exactly. Yeah, I and mean, we're getting ambitious now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we should, let's take a break from talking gameplay. Right. And there was an article in the news come out that Northern Michigan is evaluating whether or not to add a women's hockey program to their list of athletic opportunities. Correct. At the D1 level. Yes. So we're not looking at transitioning a club team to D3 or anything. So what are your thoughts about, in general, women's hockey, women's college hockey? Is it... I like the... Now, here's the thing. I know that people get... Sports fans on the surface, they get down because they're like, do women's sports get the kind of attendance, money, revenue that men's sports do? And is it worthwhile to add a sport like hockey, which on its own is a very expensive sport right? Uh, to field and sponsor as a school? It's kind of neat what Northern Michigan is doing. And uh, reading the article, uh, the NHL is 
um, very much into promoting the development of hockey. So they will come and consult with you on starting a uh, Division One program, whether it's a men's program or a women's program, they will come and do it. And it's kind of cool. Um, Northern Michigan looks at it as an opportunity because there isn't another Division One school in the state of Michigan that has women's hockey. So they're looking at it as an opportunity. By the same token, I think for a school like UNO, and you and I like the idea of women's hockey, just in general, at UNO, it's an opportunity, I think, for UNO to not only develop the sport more in the community, because I think, you know, as the years progress, we want to try and grow and develop the hockey community here in Omaha and young people playing hockey. And that includes both, you know, boys and girls playing hockey. You have to have, I think it's one of those kind of rising tides lifts all boats. So it would be interesting if UNO ever did it. I actually, I would make the argument that I think UNO could potentially make it work as far as generating revenue on a, you know, annual basis with right. the sport. Because I think there would be opportunities to bundle it with men's hockey. And I think it'd be another use for the facility. And I think we could have a, you know, fairly successful program here that could compete for a national championship. I do think that one of the selling points, the advantages to doing it is the, the ability to be competitive out of the gate as opposed right. to with men's hockey, you know, there's a, there's a few D three schools that have looked at it. Uh, I had talked to someone who was at a school that didn't have hockey. was looking at literally starting fresh right. from nothing they had a club to... team uh, and going to D one. Okay. And I, I mean, I think fans have a tendency to think that you flip a switch and you have a team and it's amazing how difficult it is. It's in incredibly difficult. Yeah, if you don't have the financial people ready to back it, it's very, very it's an expensive hard. Expensive thing. Yeah, I think, and especially on the especially on the men's side, because you know you have to add, you know, the equivalent number of uh, women's athletes in various sports to for the whole Title Nine. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. that has to balance out with talent. Right, it's not just like. I know a lot of people would come up to me like, oh, well, we just have to, to add, you know, men's lacrosse. We just have to add women's lacrosse and that that works. And it's like, no. No, it's 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 all about how it's funded and the, the scholarship players. The scholarship and, yeah, players. yeah. The there's money a lot of... that you spend on men's sports has to be equated to the money that you spend on women's yeah, sports. Yeah. Which is a... why you see a lot, the vast majority of Division One athletics at schools unless it's a big school, you'll see that they have more women's sports than men's sports. And it's because of having to have the same number dollar wise of scholarships that are given away sure. as well as if you're going to spend, you know, if you're going to spend millions of dollars building a new arena for your, your men's program, right. You have to justify that with spending money on your women's programs. And so by spreading that out, you get to say, okay, well, if we're going to spend money on a men's program, we can divvy it up between these, you know, 10 right. women's sports and we're not having to say, okay, well now this one women's sport gets a million dollar, you know, when they pull in like well, yeah, and it's, 50 people. It, and as you know, it's made even more difficult and will be going forward when, you know, the whole full cost of attendance scholarships thing, when we start yep. having to give, you know, more stipends to players for mm -hmm. living expenses and things like that, that right. because all of our competition is going to be doing that per the, the new, you know, NCAA approved ability to yep. do that. So 
it's definitely a long shot that UNO would get it. Um, I like the idea, though, just because if we want to be a hockey school, I think it would give us, you know, the opportunity to kind of increase our prowess and our prestige in that regard. I also think we have the facilities to be able to accommodate that. And I think that's that's why I like the idea. And I think that we, we could be a competitive program because we don't have a lot of like the startup expenses that a lot of schools would have. Yeah. For that type of thing. So I, you know, and I don't know. I think the other advantage I think is that we have the advantage we have. I think we would have a significant advantage in recruiting. Right. Because if we're going to have, if we're going to let the girls play, and I don't know why you wouldn't, if you're going to let the girls play at Baxter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would think you would. Yeah. My gosh. Like I don't, there's not very many women's programs that can compete with that level of facility. So to say, hey, we've got, you know, a quality program, bring in a, you know, bring in a good coach and, a, and good recruiting staff. And and I'll tell you, for me as a season ticket holder since day one, I would buy tickets to go watch that. I would love here. to go to those games. Yeah. I, yeah, it'd be great. And in the area, you you talk about, you know, bringing up and, and raising up ho- And building the sport, yeah. And, and youth ages and stuff. Uh, with my girls playing right. women's, girls hockey and, and stuff. Like, I, I was amazed at how many girls teams they're able to field uh, this year through the Omaha hockey program. And so I think there's there's already some interest in the area. And to sure. bring in girls that they can see do this, uh, partner with the NWHL. Yeah. You know, bring in, you got that new team up in Minnesota. Uh, right. Bring down some of the, the girls from that and have some training sessions and stuff. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity there's still costs associated with it. Sure. So that's one thing that, that the university's up against. I think the other thing is is that you have you have Baxter right now that has to support men's and women's basketball. Volleyball. Volleyball and men's hockey. Yes. And so to bring in women's hockey, you now have to... I mean, obviously you can't have men's hockey and women's hockey... At the same time. No, it, it creates interesting scheduling issues if you do that. And you have to remember that you have to staff all of the women's games and pay for that staff and pay for concessions and pay for the electricity and everything right. else. So there definitely are costs that they aren't incurring now that they would be incurring if they put a women's team in. Right. That said, I still like, from the hockey development point of view, I like the idea of giving uh, young women the opportunity to go to college here in Omaha because I think it ultimately will encourage them to play hockey and sign up for youth hockey if that opportunity is there. Not even necessarily that they would go to school at UNO, but just I think it would increase the quality of the sport and the the quality. And like you said, your daughters uh, will see how it goes with them and their youth development, but they they may want to play someday, and it'd be great if they could play for UNO. And how many, how many men's players have come from foreign countries, let alone other states, sure. and have played here, and you know they get done, and they say, you know what, this is they plant I'm roots in my o- roots here. Yeah, they plant roots right. in Omaha, and they've they've been great contributors not only to UNO but to the community. So, I love the idea of having more hockey players here, and uh, I would love the idea of a women's team. So uh, you and I will, uh, you know, we'll just have to see if we can. Uh, we can, uh, you know, use our microphone here uh, to get that done. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll call camp out again and say. <laughs> uh, my daughter ran into him when we were at the when we were picking up season tickets. Sure. 
I would I just casually told her like this is the guy you have to you know convince to get women's hockey here in the next six years before you're you're ready to go to school. So absolutely uh, another another axe to to grind with him to try to get a, a women's program here. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. So shall we move on to our fingers crossed and what we expect here against Miami? Yes. So what do you think going in? What are you looking to see from the team? What What do you think the outcomes will be? Well, Miami's been fairly decent this year. They've been good. They have our old assistant, Peter Menino, which... <laughs> Some will argue is part of our downfall. It may be part of our downfall. Uh, I I wouldn't go that far, but they uh they're doing well right now. They've uh, just by my count, they've won. They've lost two. Yeah, they're six and two, right, six and two right, right now. Yeah, they swept Huntsville. They uh they lost to Providence, but Providence is a good team. Uh, they beat Mercyhurst. They split with UMass Lowell. Which was a shocker to me, yeah. And they swept Colgate. So they're going to be a... I, like I said, I think they made, uh, off the top of my head, seven NCAA tournaments before the NCHC was formed. So Enrico Blasi is a good coach. So you, yeah. you figured they couldn't be down forever. Normally we'd look at this as a series that we should be very, very competitive in. But after the last <laughs> three weekends, I don't know if that'll happen. So are you... Do you think we get any wins out of this you... well i don't know last week you said we would get swept and i said that we would split and uh you were right so this weekend let me just go full bore negative i'm just gonna say that we're gonna get swept this week by miami but i think it's as a team if we if we get a win friday or saturday night i think that that will be huge and i hopefully hopefully that will knock whatever monkey is on their back off yeah i think a fast start on Friday is what I'm hoping to see from them. I'd like to see them come out and really push the play, uh, play with a little bit more flow. Don't overthink it would be my thing. Don't. Yeah. Feel, get a feel for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Hopefully Um, score early. I think that would be big. I think if it's, if it's a close game on Friday, I think we end up splitting. We'll go one, I'll go one and one if we can get a, a Friday win. I think if we can if we can turn the tides like we do to them what Arizona State did to us and, and win with like a six three seven two kind of situation, I think that that gives them so much confidence going to Saturday night and we could sweep Miami. On paper at the start of the season, I would have said this is one that I pinned that we should get. Yeah, I would I would look at this one as being a November series that we should, you know, get yeah. all six points out of. Uh, very important for the conference race, but right now I'm just hoping we get something positive this weekend because, you know, if this weekend turns out like the last two weekends, it could be a very long first half of the season for us. It could be a very long season in it, general. Yeah, yeah the absolutely. Half is all in the <laughs> so it, it doesn't get any better. No, it definitely so it doesn't. doesn't if, and, if, and honestly, if we dig ourselves too big of a hole in conference play, it's going to be hard to uh, to pull ourselves out of that. So Gabinette just has to tell the players this weekend, you know what? It's clean slate and conference play. Uh, play. You're starting over again. Let's go out there. Let's get some points. Let's right. get a couple wins, and let's turn this thing around. Yeah, because your season's not over right now. 
Absolutely you've got not. All of your NCHC games, you've got an automatic bid for an NCHC win. Right, and, and beating and NCHC teams will help your pairwise just as much as uh, beating these non-conference teams. Yeah. So, and that's the crazy thing is, uh, you know, a sweep of like Denver or even a split at St. Cloud right. could be enough to overcome the two losses to Arizona State. Absolutely. So, the potential is out there for them to still have a good season. The question is, is are they willing to put in the effort and what they need to? Yeah, and is this just a, a little mental thing or is this right. a big mental thing? And that we will have to find out On next Friday. weekend. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's been great doing another episode for you. That's our fifth episode so far. Woo. Doing pretty well. Be sure if you're out there to uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and you can find links to our back episodes and our all of these things on mavpuck.com. So be sure to visit us. Be sure to sign up and join the site, post on our message board, interact with us on social media. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to have questions. And we'll see you next week. Stay classy, Omaha. Yeah.